when you allow that little voice to be heard for a moment and you follow it and you do the things it's telling you, the prosperity that opens up on the other, like I didn't plan for quantum to come along, right? Happened in an instant. I didn't plan for GoBundance to have an opportunity. Happened in an instant, right? Like all happened after I left my job. Welcome to the Small Steps Big Wins podcast. And I would like to welcome Jamie Gruber to our show. Jamie was a corporate executive making $400,000 a year before deciding he had enough. After a GoBundance mastermind, he was able to compress his goal of quitting uh, from five to seven years down to 24 months and doubling his income in that time as well. Jamie is a partner with Quantum Capital and the creator of Emerge Supercharged. He hosts the top 1% podcast, Tribe of Millionaires, and produces volumes of content inspiring people to live their best lives. He believes anyone can achieve lifestyle freedom through clarity, confidence, and most importantly, community. Jamie, welcome to the Small Steps Big Wins podcast. First off, I love the name, Small Steps Big Win. That's a great, great name. And secondly, thank you for putting that, that bio together. I mean, you pieced that all together from your interactions with an emer all the stuff that you've, you've done. So I really appreciate you taking the time and putting, putting that together. That was really good. I, I got to steal that from you. That was great. <laughs> that is quite a bio by the way. And I am confident that there is a great backstory that goes behind it. So I want you to share what made you decide to leave your W-2, how you got started in GoBundance and anything in between, just connect the dots. Yeah, of course. I, you know, there was a point in time along the path of this 21 year career with one company kind of ascending the corporate ladder. There's a point in there somewhere where I decided that I wasn't satisfied and what I thought I needed was the next level job. So I went all in. I took jobs laterally in the, in, the, in the level I was in just to prove myself to the powers that be that I was the next executive, that I was to be the next executive, that I should be promoted. And for some reason in my mind, that was the solution to what ailed me, getting the next level. Like there was something missing, something I, I wasn't quite feeling great about. I wasn't loving going to work and every day other than the fact that I had this goal. And if I, if I can keep going toward that goal and achieve that goal, then I'll be happy. And I did about, you know, I don't know, four or five years into that sort of push to get to this executive position, the more and more disconnected I felt every day, the more and more I was convinced that once I get it and when I did get it, that I was going to feel completely whole. Like that's the level I'm supposed to be at. So I get the job. It moves me from Boston to Michigan. And I always say this, like probably within 30 days, it was a realization after the, the shiny newness of the position wore off that, wow, I, I, I didn't want this. This isn't what I wanted to begin with. This isn't where I wanted to be to begin with. It wasn't, this wasn't the thing that was, that was, you know, pulling at me and telling me like something's wrong here. Something doesn't feel right here. It wasn't the wrong job. It was meaning it wasn't the wrong position within the, within the job. It was that what I was doing, the business I was in, the company I was working for, the role I had carved out, the type of work that we did, none of it resonated with who I am, with who I truly am authentically. I guess I just, like many of us, I think, sort of got far astray from the age of, I don't know, 18, 19, 20, when I was convinced that I have to do something to be responsible, to grow up, to get a job. I took something, a job that seemed along the lines of what I could do for a while and that I was pretty good at, but maybe wasn't necessarily on my, on purpose or in my purpose. I took that job and as time went on, my, my authentic self just decided after a while, like I've had enough, your ego has been driving the ship toward this position. Now you got the position and obviously it's not what you wanted. So let me take over for a while. And 
in that ensued a battle between my ego, which kept winning and my authentic self, which wanted to take a completely different direction. So I spent, you know, a good year in that battle, which was, you know, manifesting in sleepless nights, some level of depression, anxiety, you name it, right? I just, it wasn't fun. I wasn't present as a parent. I wasn't present as a husband. I wasn't who I wanted to be, but I needed to go through that. I think we all do at certain points and I'll go through it again, I'm sure. And, you know, to some extent, I'm sure I have in some ways uh, in the time since I've left, but it just sort of kicked me in a direction of saying, okay, look, you've always had this idea that you could be an entrepreneur. And my identity shifted to that. It had shifted to entrepreneur while I still had my job. And the path I started to forge at that point took me toward being an entrepreneur. And one of those stops was I got to find entrepreneurs to hang out with. If I'm saying that I'm an entrepreneur, even if I'm not yet physically, but at least identity wise, I'm there, I need to be around those folks. So that's where I found GoBundance. I found it through the Bigger Pockets uh, podcast, which is a big real estate podcast. Uh, the hosts were members. I jumped on. Um, I jumped on a call with somebody from GoBundance and ended up signing up. And you know, after the first year of getting out of my own way with that membership, I still felt like, oh, maybe I don't belong here. But once I kind of get over myself, it's been the single most uh, I don't know leverageable leverageable decision that I could point to in me being able to, as you said, go from a ten year goal to a two year reality of quitting the job, moving out of the country, you know, building what I built so far, and you know, having a lot of fun doing it. I, I reference community and specifically for me, that was GoBundance in giving me the tools, the accountability and the ability to dream a little bit uh, to achieve what I've achieved so far. And it's kind of the connection between the two. Are you a different person today than you were like the the 20 year old Jamie or the 30 Jamie? Uh, yeah, boy, that's such a good question. Because I mean, I, like if you're in the space of personal development, you're constantly or you should be constantly growing and learning. And I mean, it's 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 like it's like they say with, uh, you know, with technology, right? Like technology, you know, when you got the most recent and newest technology, like in a week, the newer releases out, like you're all, it's already antiquated. So my, my answer to that a week, two, three weeks ago might've been, yes, I feel like I'm a completely different person, but the more work I do on this, the more I realize like I'm not a different person, but I have a, a much greater sense of awareness of who I am. And that awareness is what serves me to understand how I'm showing up. Uh, you know, so you mentioned about going into a Zoom room. Like one of the things that I've learned about myself is I do, I love going into a setting like that and just, and just feeling off the energy. Like I don't even want an agenda. I want to go in, have conversations, allow my, whatever, my sense of humor or my curiosity to just roll, right? If there's 10, 15, 20 people in the room. Let's go. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. That's great. But the other side of me, like, this is where it's like, you know, even two, three weeks ago, I would have answered this differently. I'm the same person but I understand now that there is a, a finiteness to my ability to deliver or, or even desire to be in that setting over the course of a, of a given week or month or whatever it may be. So I heard Joe Rogan talk about this. He said, look, you have to, you have to come, at, come at things like with intensity. So if you're going at it three days, then you got to bump it up to five. But going to seven is actually the opposite because you need time to be refreshed so that you can bring that enthusiasm in the other five days. Right. And that's something I've learned about me uh, recently really is like, I want to bring it, but I've got a control for me. Like when I'm feeling like this is a chore, like, Oh shit, I got to go into this. Oh, I got to go into this meeting. Let me get in there and like pep up and give them who they expect to get. I know I'm doing it too much and I got to back away. And so when I do appear again in that setting, it is with true desire to be there because I'm the best version of being in that setting. 
So am I a different person? No, because I'm all parts of what I was then. I have an ego. I have a sense of humor. I have personality quirks. I have my conditioning. I have my beliefs. I have all of those things. Now, the beliefs might be different. You know, the, how I leverage my ego might be different. The balancing act I play amongst all those parts of myself, the awareness of who I am, the, I don't know, self-assuredness that you have as you age, which is being who you are. Like, that's different, but I'm not a different person. And this is why I believe, like, when we talk about, you know, uh, man, you're 40, 45, 50 years old, and you wish you could tell your 25-year-old self, I, I, I do the same thing, but it really is futile. But when you look forward at 90-year-old you, there's a reason why you can say, I know what my older self would tell me. It's because you're, you aren't any different. But you can project, especially maybe at this age, in your 40s and 50s, you can project now, you know, with wisdom that it's going to change. Like, I see the trajectory and the path that my, my sense of being is going. So I know who I'm going to be at 90, or at least I have a sense of who I'm going to be at 90. And I know what 90 year old me would say, right? So, so I was going to ask you, like, what would you tell younger Jamie, knowing what you know now, uh, if you could go back in time and capture yourself at 20, what would you tell yourself? Uh, you, that you're, you're a kid, that you have time, that there's no, there's nowhere to be. There's no place to be. There's no, what, there's nothing that you need to do. Go. You wouldn't do anything differently then. Um, I wouldn't do anything differently. Well, there's two different things. So if I were to go back to 20 year old me and give advice, if I had that ability and 20 year old me wanted the advice, I would give 20 year old me the advice to stop trying to push, to get the job and marry the girl and get the house. Like you, you're, you're only 20. You're, you're going to only be 30. You're going to only be 35, right? Like you're, you're young. You're going to be young for a long time. So go do the things that are on your heart. Follow your authentic voice, that little voice that pops up, follow it because as time goes on, you know, you're going to have, you know, get married, have kids, whatever that stuff might happen in the future. And if it does, it does create some different complexities in your life that you have to work around. So go and enjoy and test life now, but I don't regret what I did. I don't believe in the word regret. I think that whatever our journey is, our journey is. And for me, my journey to forced me to be 21 years in this corporate career to come to the realization that it wasn't for me at that point. Like, do I wish in some way that, you know, I was like some of these folks who figure it out at 25 or 18 or 33. Sure. But I didn't. So no, I don't have any regrets and I wouldn't do anything differently. But if I were giving the advice, the, the core of the advice would be you're way too young to be worrying about the things you're worrying about right now. Just simmer down, relax, go pack, pack Europe, go, you know, go to Hollywood and, and, and try to be an actor for a year and then move to Seattle and throw fish, you know, like just go enjoy life and test it all before you start thinking you need to be settled in. Do something crazy without a constraint. That's what I would tell myself. Cause I think what happens when we're younger and you mentioned it before, when you were 17, 18, you're like, Oh, you know, I got to go figure out what the hell I'm going to do with my life. And you know, you don't have to have your shit. You're right. You don't have to have your shit together. Um, you know what? Did you have a turning point at some point in your W2 where you had that aha moment where it's like, oh, crap, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. And or, or was it more of a gradual, you know, coming to a realization? I don't think I had a moment in deciding that this isn't what I want to do in the rest of my with the rest of my life. That was a um, that was a bit more gradual. I had a moment of when I knew I was going to quit. That was definitive. I can remember the date and the time kind of thing, you know, but no, I don't, I don't have a, there wasn't like a, okay, this isn't for me long-term. I need to pivot. It was sort of like, yeah, something feels like maybe, maybe, maybe I could do something outside of this, but even if I don't, God forbid my company tells me in seven years, like 
you're gone. We don't need you anymore. At least I will have built something that pays me where I'm not panicked to maybe go get another job. Like, you know, it was more like a gradual thought process. And then at a certain point it was like, well, wait a minute, maybe, maybe I could, maybe I could do something at some point without a job. Like maybe I could be a full-time entrepreneur, but then the moment, yeah, that was February 1st, 2021. I remember that date. How'd you feel? Uh, surprisingly light, like extremely, not even relieved. It wasn't like an, ah, it was just sort of, you know, it, it, there was no questioning it. There was no, it just felt like the right next move. Like, like, duh. In fact, I, from that moment, I didn't resign for what about 40, 40 days, 45 days. Cause I was away for a month. And then I was, I came back and went away for a week. And then uh, I came back and resigned after that week away. The month away was definitely like the beginning of like, okay, I'm just going to be, it was a family trip that I took to Florida is in COVID. So I had my job, but we could be anywhere. So we went down there. But on that month, I was like, All right, I'm just going to kind of try to be here or whatever. But in my head, definitely, I was like planning and thinking. But I didn't get anxious about the idea. Like, it didn't even occur to me for a second to be nervous about it until uh, two days before I resigned on March 12th is when I resigned, so March 10th. So from February 1st to March 10th, I felt I was I was weirded out by how unworried I was about what I was about to do, how sure I was and how unworried I was. And it took until two days before, before me to, for, for me to feel a sense of worry or like, whoa, whoa, this is real all of a sudden, right? Like any anxiety whatsoever. I only felt two days before I actually quit. Oh, wow. And then the day of, did you still feel, did the anxiety get worse the day after you quit or did it start, you That's know, what, what, was, what was I the 24 this. hours? It's like, yeah. you, you quit your job, capture yep. that. I walk in, I hand my boss the letter. <laughs> Okay. Well, it was so COVID. at that, at that moment, oh, it was COVID. There's no walking you, you in anywhere. Could, but, yeah, you couldn't. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're I'll, right, capture right. <laughs> I'll capture this. I'll capture this. I'll capture this. So yeah, it was like two days before. So this would have been a Wednesday. Wednesday, I woke up and I felt, I felt like, oof, it's two days from now. Like a few people I knew, knew, but you know, like in, inside the job. But other than that, and then trying to talk to my wife about it in that regard, at that point when we had, I already said to her, like, we're doing it, kind of told her the plan. She was on board. Right. So now I'm, I'm kind of going to her with my worry. And to her, it was like, well, I don't get it. Like, you know, so she just sort of like, yeah, it's no big deal. We'll figure it out, you know? And, and, but for me, I'm like, no, no, I need to feel better about this. So that was like the two days leading up. And finally Thursday night. So all day Wednesday, I'm in this space Wednesday night. I'm like, not, it's funny. I never thought I wasn't going to quit, but it was just like, what am I not thinking about this, that, and the other, I had this anxiety. So Thursday evening, finally, my wife, like, you know, like allowed us to have the conversation. Like, she's like, oh, are you really, you're really starting to feel nervous. I get it. And we talked it out and it was like, oh, I feel great. Okay, cool. Went to bed, no problem. Woke up that morning, no problem. Ready to give my boss notice the next day on Friday morning. So 8 a.m. comes around and I was like, you know what? I'll do it at 10. So I'm going to wait till 10 o'clock. So 10 o'clock rolls around. And I'm like, you know what? I, you know what? I got something else I got to take care of right now. Uh, at noon. Perfect. Noon will be great. And like five minutes later, she sent an email to me and my, my two other peers and said, hey guys, heads up. I'm leaving at noon today. I got something going on with my daughter. I'm like, oh man. I got to do it now. I got to do it now. So, so I, we used teams kind of like a uh, Microsoft teams. So I typed her cause I'm in my house, right? I typed up a quick thing. Hey, do you have a minute to talk? And then I was like ready to hit the go button or enter or whatever. And I just kind of was like frozen there for a minute, right? Like my, my hand wouldn't hit the button. And, and I remember sitting in that moment and, and, and kind of like closing my eyes and going like, what, what's going on? And honestly, I went through this sort of like, z like zoom back to young me and all the way back forward, like in, in like a minute. And it was like, holy crap, like you're about to maybe do something that you view as not pleasing to her. 
and I went back to fourth grade. I went back to being bullied all in this weird minute of me standing there with my hand hovering over the return key to hit this, hey, can we talk note in Teams? I hadn't sent it. I'm just thinking about this. And I'm like, wow, this is all like a conditioning thing. Like, I, I'm literally nervous about this because I feel like I'm going to make her upset. And that makes me upset to think I'm not going to please her. And I just opened my eyes and, and hit the button. Like, okay, so now you go, you hit the button. <laughs> and then what happened? Nothing. She, she went silent for like five minutes and it was the, it was the longest five minutes in the history of five minutes. And this was probably like 1030 now. And again, she's leaving at noon and maybe she's going to jump out early. I don't know. So I'm like, I got to talk to her. So I just called her. I picked up the phone and called her. Uh, she said she hadn't seen the message yet, which I don't know if she did or didn't. Um, and, and it was, it was a, a two minute conversation. Um, it was one of those things like she, she didn't, she wasn't, she was surprised, but she wasn't shocked or she was maybe like, oh, I, I knew it was a matter of when, not if kind of thing, because uh, she knew I was doing you know things on the side. She knew I had like a real estate portfolio and that kind of thing. So she knew it was going to come at some point. And it was like, oh, OK. And then I just said, hey, look, I know we have we had like a big like twice a year milestone event coming up that like the department's heads have to be in charge of in like a month. And I said, I'll stay through that just because I've done all the work for the last 11 months. I'll stay through that if you want me to. She's like, yeah, that'd be great if you did. And so I stayed, I ended up being three and a half more weeks. And then uh, after we kind of did that thing was my last day. So it was April 9th, 2021 was my official last day at, uh, at my job. Now, did that conversation go the way you thought it was going to go or did it go like, cause you know, sometimes when you're getting ready to do something that's really hard, don't you like go through the conversation in your mind ahead of time? It's like, this is what I'm going to say. This is what I think she's going to say, but she didn't say that. Like, you, you know, you play it out. I know I do that. If I have, if I have something coming up that I know I have to do, it's like, did it go the way you thought? I do typically too, but to be honest with you, no, I didn't really have a it was like, I just knew I was quitting, you know, like it, it was like, there was nothing that was going to be said or done that was going to change that. Um, after the fact, I'll admit, I did kind of sit back and wonder, like, she didn't like make a play to keep me. <laughs> so, <laughs> Did your ego kick in at that point and say, oh, they don't really want, like, I'm not as wanted as I thought I was going to be. That's a great question, Sue, because yes. Yes. My ego definitely flared up for a moment of like, well, what the hell? Like, you know, cause I've been in other situations where, you know, I've, I've had, you know, competition for me within that company. Right. But this, it wasn't, but at the same time, like maybe this is more the, the authentic self popping in and kind of giving perspective on it. But what I, what I also knew immediately after that was like, if I were on the other end of that line, hearing me, you know, it's like, all right, this guy knows what he's putting down. He knows how much money he makes. He knows what kind of equity he's letting go of. I mean, this isn't a decision he arrives at lightly. It's like, you know, and he's not going to a competitor. It's not like he's, you know, he's going to do the same job at State Farm or whatever the case may be, right? So it's like, he's leaving to pursue a life that he wants to pursue. Like I've been on the other end of that as a, as an employer, as a, as a, in a corporate environment. Like I've had people leave to pursue things. And I remember feeling like, some sense of like, that's scary as hell, but good for you. But there was definitely a, like, I remember feeling, and I can imagine she did as well. Like, well, there's, there's no way I'm going to change this. Per there's no point, right? Like they are sure of what they want. Yeah. You already made up your mind at that point. Yeah. And, and that's, and to your point, just to make sure I'm following you correctly, you had a plan. You didn't just wake up one morning or a month earlier and go, oh, I'm going to quit my job and then I'll figure out what I'm going to do. Right. Because a lot of times people think about, oh, you know, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going. And then 
And then there's silence, you know, the crickets. It's like, well, okay, you're going to quit your job. Then what are you going to do? And they look at you like the deer in the headlights and go, well, I'm not quite sure. So what do you have like a little bit of advice for those who are thinking other than what we talked about before, um, about leaving their W2s other than, you know, don't just leave and have nothing to go to. Would there be anything else you'd want to add to that? I mean, cause it makes perfect sense. You don't want to just drop off and say, okay, and get up the next morning and go, oh, now what, what am I going to do with my life? Right? Yeah. So I, I, if you want to get tactical, I would say if you've got a year saved up six months to a year saved up, if you've got say 50% of your expenses covered by something other than your day job and something that you've built to run toward, as I talked about before, I think if you're in that stat category, if that's the triad that you have, you know, six months to a year saved, 50% of your, of your expenses covered and uh, something that you can build toward, then you, I think you're in a position where you should be thinking about walking, uh, you know, even with this economy and all that stuff, I think you're in a position where you should think about walking because what you don't know, the other piece of advice is when you surrender, when you put down the thing that's heavy, when you allow yourself like that little voice that flares up, like I said, that gets beat down by all the conditioning of life. When you allow that little voice to be heard for a moment and you follow it and you do the things it's telling you, the prosperity that opens up on the other, like I didn't plan for quantum to come along, right? Happened in an instant. I didn't plan for GoBundance to have an opportunity. Happened in an instant, right? Like all happened after I left my job. So, you know, the struggle though is even for me, like, okay, well, if I start to create a new 20% and put down some things that have become my 80% and that might mean I'm putting down some income streams, am I, I going to just follow my own process here of have some money saved? have some expense, you know, money or, you know, half, you have your expenses covered, if you will, by everything else that you've got going on and then leap and understand that there's something there, there that will conspire to serve you if you're listening to your authenticity. So I think the advice I would give is there 50% expenses, six months to a year saved and something to run toward. You're in the category of, I can quit my job. And then you have to have a sense of by doing so and surrendering to this voice that you have, that prosperity will enter your life that the things that you need will, will be there. It may not be like, it's not going to be like you. Oh, I, I step and I always land like a lily pad falls under my foot every time. Like you'll step in water, but overall you'll have the ability to climb your way out of it. You'll have the, you'll have options coming to you that you just can't foresee. So you just have to be at peace with this, whatever that is tapping into the universe or whatever it might be. I think that's a big piece of it. Yeah, I think, well, you know, I'm glad you brought up the different components, the tactical, as you said, you know, to make sure you've got that savings in the bank, you've got a little bit of that safety nut. I think those are the things that we need to keep in mind. And I would, I would add one more thing. If you can surround yourself with people who are two or three steps ahead of you so that you've got people you can lean on and say, okay, I'm getting ready to take this. Oh, you've done this before. Okay. You know, it, I think there's that, as you said, that sense of community and I can attest to that. Me, me personally has grown in leaps and bounds because of the community that I'm around and that I'm involved in. So I would add that as your fourth prong. You said it at the jump in my bio, right? There's the three C's I always talk about, right? You got to get clarity. You got to build confidence, but you, you, the way to, the, the way to ensure that your clarity and is you, know, you stay on task with your clarity, that your confidence is built is you need to have to your point. You absolutely, that third C, the community surrounding you. Like if you're, if you want to be in great shape, you follow, you find people and you hang out with people in great shape. If you want to be a pilot, 
you go hang out with pilots, right? Like it's the same thing. If you want to be an entrepreneur, if you want to be a business owner, if you want to be a real estate investor, you got to find those people. And in this day and age, to me, the most efficient and effective way is there are plenty of communities you could drop a, drop a little bit of your hard-earned money on and they're there for you. You don't have to go out and find them and try to put them together yourself. The efficiency, like I, I pay 10, 12 grand a year for GoBundance for that reason. Of course, I want accountability and I want community. You had a next chapter. Talk a little bit about what your next chapter was and how that came about. Right. Yeah. No, I always say that like, you don't want to run from something. You want to run towards something, right? So if you just quit to get away from the job, it'll feel great for a minute, but then it's like, okay, now what? And you know, people could still find their way. It's not like, you, it's not like you can't do that, but I think way more sustainable is having something to run toward. Well, you had a family and kids too. So it's not like you had responsibilities as well. So correct. Yep. Wife, kids, wife doesn't work or didn't work at the time. Right. So yeah, it was, it was, I was the only, only income earner. So yeah, it's funny you talk about that. Like, cause I, I mentioned about the advice I give, I would give to my 20 year old self would be like, go do things, go try things. Like we don't allow ourselves that at 35 and 40 because we're like too mature or too old or it's too late for some reason. But that's what I did. So when I, when I started, it was like real estate makes sense. So I'm going to start buying real estate. So I did, I, I took a 401k loan out to buy my first two burrs, two duplexes. So I bought these two properties actually, as I got the job, it's funny, like how you're how you can now look back and say, oh, there was something in me. There's a little voice telling me buy real estate, even while I was getting and applying for the executive job, like that was happening at the same time. So I bought these two duplexes. We literally signed to close on them in New York a week before we moved to Michigan. We had obviously been in due diligence for a while. So finding them and putting them under contract predated me applying for and getting the job in Michigan, but they kind of happened at the same time. So I had these two burrs, took out again, a 401k loan to kind of put through, through the work on them and do all of that stuff. And then I was like, I joined GoBundance and I found, you know what? Multifamily is a good, good, good play. And I went to, into a, a 16 unit property with a couple of partners and we bought that. And then I got a 22 unit with a few other partners and bought that. And so it was like, okay, I'm starting to build this real estate thing, which is what I thought my exit plan would be all about. But again, the thing in me that I really enjoyed in real estate was the interactive part, was the talking through how excited I was about this stuff, right? So I started a networking group. So in that networking group, a, a meetup, if you will, now it was like, oh, I'm really having fun putting these events together. Like I care more about that and the quality of what we're doing on the meetup than I do about the real estate, to be honest with you. And so I started to do that. And then that became a natural kind of kick into uh, social media. Like I had a Facebook group and in that Facebook group, cause it was private and my boss couldn't see it. And you know what I mean? Like I wasn't like just out there saying I'm doing something outside of my job, everybody. I was inside a Facebook group. And in that Facebook group, I was doing Facebook lives and I was putting out content. I was engaging and kind of learning what Gary V talks about, like the social end of social media, like just going back and forth with people and trying to add value. So that led to me being kind of a brand within the multifamily space. And even more specifically, I was being asked to speak about how to build a network within multifamily or how to build a meetup. Bigger Pockets asked me to come on to talk about that. How'd that make you feel when, when Bigger Pockets approached you? Because they're big, like that's a big deal. I mean, did it feed the ego? It's like, oh, you know, these people want me. It actually, it actually was a, so, so anyway, so all, let me, let me, I'll, I'll cap this off and I'll get to that. Cause that's a great question. But uh, so anyway, so I started doing all these things and then it was like, I, I had an opportunity to build emerge. I took that on and built that and that became a business. And then yeah, bigger pockets came because I'm in GoBundance, Brandon Turner's in GoBundance. And uh, at a certain point he emailed me, I remember messaging him and he emailed me. He's like, Hey, I thought you had been on the bigger pockets podcast already. My bad. You should come on. Like, he's like, I can't guarantee it. The producer makes the decision, but just tell him 
you know, uh, or I'll tell him that I want you on. So then like a week later, I got the email like, hey, Jamie, we're going to book you. So end of 2020, I recorded it. And in January 2021, it released like a week before I made that drive to Florida. So so that happened. Emerge was like the first run of Emerge was wrapping up at that exact same time as well. And all of that together led to me led to me going to Florida with the idea of quitting my job. Right. So it all kind of it all kind of, I don't know, aligned around the same time. So Bigger Pockets was a big catalyst. Um, and yeah, being on it was an honor. But sure, my ego was stroked 100 percent. Was Emerge your baby or was Emerge somebody else's idea? And then they thought that, hey, you know, Jamie would be really good at this. How did, how did Emerge emerge? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. So uh, GoBundance uh, had the idea that they wanted to have like a, they call it like a junior varsity, like a place where, hey, we love GoBundance, but yeah, we don't, we can't, we don't qualify yet. Like those folks, right? So they had these names, Emerge, Ascend, but they didn't know, they didn't have any framework or structure. They were just like, we want to do something, Emerge, Ascend Division, something like that. And they kind of said, do you want to make it? I said, sure. So I decided, okay, Emerge is going to be at the time, of course, Ascend is going to be a community. And then you graduate from one to the other. And I just, I, I remember thinking like 12 weeks feels right. We'll do a 12 week course. We'll use the book Tribe of Millionaires. Uh, I want to leverage the principles that I've learned in quitting and now quit, you know, like going toward quitting my job, which is, you know, how to create an effective vision, how to set effective goals, how to put plans in place and habits and how to leverage community and all of that stuff. So we built that 12 weeks. I pre sold, I think, 30 courses, 30 of the Emerge course uh, to people so we could kind of run people through it and get their feedback and, and build it. And we kind of, we did that. That launched in October of 2020. They graduated end of January again as Bigger Pockets released and as I'm going down to Florida. So all of that happened at the same time. And the results people were giving me from Emerge, they were like, oh my God, I, I, I've accomplished this, I've accomplished that. Thank God I had this. Thank God I had that. So when I got to the point of like, I'm going to quit my job to your point, it was like, okay, I've got some money saved. I wasn't taking any income from my real estate, but I, I was like literally driving in the car, scratching this out. It's not like I wrote it down. I'm like, all right, I could take this much from that property. I could take this much from that property. I can get 35 to 4,000 a month out of my portfolio if I wanted to, if I just, if I'm not going to, not going to be able to save anything, right? Like I've got some reserves, but I can take that if I needed, but I got 120 grand in the bank. So that's, I know a year's worth of expenses. If I, if I look at it that way, which burns longer, if I'm taking 4,000 a month in passive income. And then I'm like, but the big thing is I've got this emerged thing, emerge ascend thing that I really believe we can do something with. So that was sort of like, I've got my cushion, I've got some income coming in, didn't cover my expenses, but then I've got a belief in what I've built. And I just wanted to go all in on that. And that was, that was, that was that. Yeah. How did that make you feel when you came to that realization that you've got a little bit of that cushion there? You know, it was, I don't know what made me feel. It's a good question. Like I, I remember, I remember not realizing that I had the cushion until I had the quiet time to, to, to think about the fact that I had the cushion. You know, it was, it was almost like a surprise, I guess, like, well, shit, I guess I have this, but in my mind, it's like, well, it's allocated to invest this and some of us for that, but it's like, but I have it. Like I have that cash on hand. This isn't retirement accounts or anything like just cash. Right. So if I needed to, I could tap it. So it made me feel, I guess, kind of empowered. Cause it was like, well, I, I in a year. God, I could do a lot in a year, like a year, such a, I mean, you know, as you get older, the year's not long, but it is long at the same time, right? Like, it's like, that's such a long time to invest all of my time, not at my job in doing something that I'm fully focused on. I can't imagine how I don't at least have, I mean, maybe, maybe it's not for me, but I'll know. And I will have taken my shot, right? Like I, I won't ever look back and say, I didn't try. So that was kind of the thought when I went at it, but yeah, it was just sort of 
honestly, it was a bit of like a, an unemotional realization, like, okay, this much a month, this much in savings that gives me a year. Yeah, I think I could do it. And that was it. I want to go back to like the first couple of weeks after you quit your job. Did you, was it like, uh, what, what was going on where, you know, some people, like they say, when they go into retirement, they go crazy after a couple of weeks, you know, they're like, they just go back to their old job after they retire. Cause they just can't take it. I I'm just curious. Did you miss it? Yeah. If you don't have, if you don't, if you haven't built something to run toward, then yeah, I probably would have gone crazy. Um, if I, if I had, a, like I said, you know, if I had to give advice to my, my younger self, even two years ago, again, I don't regret anything because I don't believe in that, but it would be take two, three, four months off. Just don't do anything for two, three months. Just read, go to the gym, chill, just like get down to like a base level of decompression just for the, cause you know, you don't know when you're going to have that time to reset again. Right. So let yourself fully reset. I didn't do that. And a lot of people don't, but a lot of people share this experience. In the two weeks after I left, now I put away a 50 hour a week job and all of the stress and everything else that comes with it, right? So you think, oh, I got all this free time. In those two weeks and from that point forward, I had never been busier. And the stuff that came in, here comes Quantum Capital. You know, hey, you don't have your job. Like, we'd love to partner with you and, and have you come in and be a, a general partner and, and do marketing and, and investor relations. So that became something, right? GoBundance called and they're like, hey, we got all these people that want to join GoBundance, if you get on a phone call with them and, and can get them to join, like we'll pay you. And that was like 18, 20 grand my first month, you know? So it was like, wow. And I didn't, it wasn't work. It was like, let me get on a call with a few of these, a bunch of these guys and have good conversations. I met a bunch of guys that way. And so, yeah, so it was busy. It was really busy the first few weeks after. It feeds into your desire to communicate with people, be around people, I would think. Yeah, it just kind of leaned into. So you you left something that wasn't fulfilling in what you, your authentic self and found and it continued to find where your authentic self is. I would imagine it doesn't feel like a job, does it? No, no, no. But but like I said, what I what's what's funny is when you when you leave that corporate career and it's you know 21 years or whatever, and this is the big thing that blocks most blocked me for a long time was wait a minute, okay, if I'm gonna put all this down, this that I built, right? Then I gotta know what I'm gonna do for like, you know, maybe we're not quite saying it this way, but like for the equal amount of time now. So if it was 21 years or 16 years, then for the next 21 years or for the next 16 years, right? Like because that's our life. You go to school for 13 years college for four. Like that's the short porch. That's the, the quick one, four years, but then it's career, right? So if I'm going to put career down. I got to know what's the next career, right? But what I've learned is that the rate and pace of change and adjustment that you're going to make. And like you said, you know, uh, continuing to lean into who you are authentically, it is rapidly accelerated when you don't have a day job in order to kind of keep you within the box or the confines of what that day job is supposed to be. So, so even now, you know, when I left my job, if you look at like Pareto's principle, right? The 20% of the activities that got me 80% 80 of the results would have been, you know, get on one-on-one -on -one calls with people, um, uh, have, uh, you know, do, do individual sales calls on the Emerge program, um, those sorts of things, right? That's like the 20% activity that got me 80% of the results. But in the last two years, as time's gone by, it's shifted to where like, no, well, that now, that is too... Like I can't do one-on-one -on -one time as much anymore. That's becoming 80% that gets me 20% of the results. So now it became like one to more or one to many, right? So that's where um, getting on a podcast, honestly, is a good one-to-one -one experience because I can leverage it for content. I can put things out in the world. You know, like it gives me, it gives me reach one to many. So 
So that's like the new 20% getting me 80% of the results. And I'm at this bridge now where honestly, like one too many has to become one to millions. Like that's the, and it's not because of like ego or anything. It's just, well, in, in order for me to continue to stay in my authenticity, keep doing what I love and for it to be fulfilling for me, then I need to find, not even find, but I need to align with the areas of my life that give me the most reach. So for me right now, podcasting is what I love the most. I love doing it. It's, it's not the most directly monetizable. Like there's a downstream of uh, the funnel that you monetize. Like people buy your course, they buy your community, that sort of thing. But the podcast isn't going to make you a ton of money, if that makes sense. But it's what I'm called to. And so that message of being one to millions is the 20% of stuff I, I need to be doing to get me 80% of the results. And things like uh, group calls or whatever are somewhere in between now. They're in that 20 still, but I could see where over time they become a little bit more in that 80 or only a certain amount of those or certain types of those are going to be where I go. So my point in saying that is, yes, fully in my authenticity, I feel like I'm doing the things that serve me and make me feel great and light me up. But even within that, it's amazing how quickly post W2, and I've heard this from a lot of people, uh, that evolution takes place. Like whatever you're doing, that's giving you the 20% that's giving you the 80% of the results very quickly, that 20 becomes your 80 and you got to come up with a new 20 and then so on and so forth. It's the, what got you here isn't going to get you there sort of principle. Right, right. Got what got you from zero to one isn't going to get you from one to two. You've got to change something. Yeah. Did you expect the amount of growth in and how rapid it grew between leaving your W2 to where you are today? No, no, you know, I didn't. I, I, um, I, I wasn't sure. What did you expect? I had a desire what I wanted, but then to watch it actually, like the biggest thing that would, that really made me realize like, oh, this is a thing is when we sold out our first event, you know, like when we had an event and people actually bought like, okay, they bought the course. Some of them came around and stayed for, for what was ascend at the time, kind of the, the mastermind. Now it's all in one call to merge supercharge. But, um, but when people like on top of that bought the event, that's when it was like, oh, wow, like this is valuable. People are getting a lot of value out of this. So I don't know if I, I what I wanted was to get to a place where we had, you know, uh, I forget, 20 new people a month and, and a certain amount of those converting. I forget what the numbers were back then uh, in the business of Emerge, if you will. Um, but yeah, the reality of it has been, yeah, it's been, it's been a great, it's been on a great growth trajectory. And more than that, like, you know, it, it's just, it's taught me a lot about me as an entrepreneur. It's taught me a lot about what people need. And it's, and I just see like today, one of the guys posted in there, I don't know if you saw it yet, but that he closed on a, on a new business acquisition, right? Like I know that person, I know where he started and where he is now and his whole story in between. And it's like, that's exactly like he, he had lost his nerve so many times, but for those he surrounded himself with in Emerge picking him up and holding him accountable to being what he wants to be and doing what he wants to do. So to see it all come to fruition for me, like that's the part that I guess I, I, I didn't truly believe was possible. Like, wow. And, and the cool part is like, I, I don't have anything to do with that personally. Right. Like I, all I did was create it like him and his pod got together. I, I gave you the, I gave you the room to go in. Right. But then in that room, they did something with it. That is really cool to me. So no, I, I don't think I ever expected that. <laughs> you know what? I would slightly disagree with you. I think you did have something to do with it as far as helping those, because I've been on those, I've been in those Emerge rooms. I've been on those calls. I joined Emerge last October, 2022. And 
you know, it's not just the people who were in the room when we would do those calls, but you came on in the beginning and you encouraged each of us and you had a story, you had something behind it. So I would say, let your little, you know, let your ego be stoked a little bit that you do have something. <laughs> I mean, you did have a contributing factor to that. And I think that's one of the great things. I mean, I'm, I'm a teacher by trade and teachers, you have that epiphany of the, the ego moment when you see somebody grow, you know, when they go from having no idea to some idea and any teacher, any teacher can relate to that because when you start off with a classroom of kids in September that know nothing and by the end of the year, they've learned and they've gained all this over the course of the year. They did the work, but you know, you had to do something along with it. You have this quote on your website. I want to read it here. It says, I just want to inspire and motivate people to live their absolute best life. It's all here for you to take, execute, and watch this one life you get to change dramatically, end quote. Out of that quote, um, what, were, what, are, what are some of the ways you use Emerge Supercharge to accomplish that? To accomplish motivating, inspiring others to, to, to get there? Um, that's a great question. I would say that I've always said this proximity is, is absolute power being around people that represent who you're trying to become or the results that you're trying to achieve or whatever the case may be, um, is, is number one. So do we have content? Yes. I think it's really good content. Do we have education? Yes. I think it's really good education on wealth, on health, on whatever it might be. Do we have facilitated connections? Absolutely. Accountability calls, pods, all that good stuff. Do we have topic-based conversations? Yes. Micro tribes, right? Like those are the features that sell. But to your point, how do I leverage Emerge is when we do those trainings, I bring in my network. So I bring in, you know, GoBundance members, millionaires on the men's and women's side to come in and teach what they've done to make, build multi-million dollar businesses or, you know, achieve levels of, of, uh, relationship success in, in, in a scaling growing, you know, business or whatever it might be. Right. So I think what I've tried to do with Emerge in order to accomplish that is not be, not be the center of it all. Like I, my, my gift is connection. My gift is facilitation. So Emerge is a representation of those two things. I bring in people to be connected uh, to those that are parts of part of Emerge, those that invested in themselves and invested in this in this community that I, I had the privilege of putting together. And then I leverage my my ability to facilitate discussion, to facilitate people that get on those first accountability calls and don't want to raise their hand or don't want to speak and get them, draw them out, that sort of thing. So I, I use Emerge to use my gift of facilitation, my gift of connection to bring all of that in and hopefully get people unstuck. The guy, Josh, that bought that business, I mean, very introverted, which is fine, but it takes something a little extra for you to stand out in a, in a, in a community like Emerge if you are introverted and you know just being with him and encouraging him and inspiring him to the point where he said, you know what, I set a goal that on every proximity call or millionaire case study or whatever it is, I am going to ask a question. I'm going to ask a question on every one of them. I'm going to raise my hand and I'm going to come up on screen and be featured on screen in front of 40, 50, 80, hundred people, whatever it is, and ask the question because I need to do that to challenge myself. And so to be there to encourage that and facilitate that is what I've tried to do with, with Emerge. And I think that's what at the end of the day is my complete role in there is to be, we, you know, we kept talking about at the beginning, like, what do we call me? Like your millionaire connector, like, great, like go with that. So that's, that's my, that's what I really feel my role is though. Like 
And to your point about you being a facilitator and making things far reaching, uh, from my own experience, I've seen that. So I came into Emerge, like I said, in October. I, I myself also introverted, afraid to try anything, to do anything at all. And look at um, you now. I know. Well, <laughs> I have to tell you real quick the story behind this. And so when we join Emerge, one uh, I think it's the first week or the second week, we have to write down what our five-year vision is. And, and I never, ever thought of doing anything like that before. I mean, Emerge, for me to go through the 12 weeks was a complete 100% mind shift. I mean, I was doing things that no one ever challenged me on. I had no idea, like, what what's a five-year vision? Why would you want one of those? Although I spent a good number of my years wandering through life, going from job to job, not really finding, like you said, my authentic self. So I write down this five-year vision. And then it, uh, it, in the same, like going through the motions every week, uh, I see Dawn with Diego. Thursday morning, I'm going to get on these calls with Diego. And I did that, I guess, starting in November, December goes by. And I wound up in a mastermind that he had produced and had Matt King on. And it was a live mastermind. I don't even know. Like, I got an email. And I'm like, okay. It's, it was Tuesday night. I'm like, okay, I'll go to this mastermind. Matt King's there. I know who Matt King is. And Matt was taking people through uh, your big, hairy, audacious goal. But before you got there, you had to at least create a vision. So uh, there were many people on the call. They didn't know what a vision was. They're walking them through a vision. And I, I already had mine. And I'm sitting there going gosh, you can't, you can't come up with a five-year vision in five minutes. Like you just can't do it. So I pulled up my vision from Emerge that I wrote in October and I figured, well, while there was quiet time, I'll, I'll read it over. Well, the next thing I know, Diego goes, I'm going to call on somebody to read their vision. And there's, you hear crickets. And he goes, I'm going to call on somebody. He goes, Sue, Sue Saller, I want you to read your vision. And <laughs> At that moment, I went, holy shit, did he just say my name? Okay, all right. And see, he had recognized my name because I was on those Dawn with Diego's, and that's why he he kind of picked me out. So I start reading my vision. I'm as nervous as heck, and I'm like, and Matt King's like, yeah, read your vision, right? So I go through, I fast forward, I read my vision, I get down to the end, and within my vision was to create a website for educating kids, and the other was a podcast. Now, honestly, Jamie, I completely forgot. I had written that in my vision. And Matt King goes to me, he says, so Sue, what part of your vision came true already? And I went, uh, uh, I started a podcast. He goes, good for you. Well, the next thing I know, Diego's like, where's the link? Put the link to your podcast. I'm like, dude, I have no idea. Like, I don't even know where my podcast is. I'm like, I just launched it like three days or a week before. It was less than a week. And next thing I know, Diego puts my podcast up on, on the screen as well. And I went, oh, wow. Okay. The power of connection and getting out of your comfort zone and being forced to find who your authentic self is and face these questions. You don't, you really don't realize how many people you reach, you know, until you start hearing the stories. And that was one of the reasons for doing uh, the Small Steps Big Wins podcast was there are so many stories coming out of Emerge of people who are literally transforming their lives in a matter of months. And they all have this common thread of, I didn't realize I could do this until I connected or until I was challenged to do this, or I was, you know, like they just didn't know they had it in them. Same thing with me. 
No, it's it's been amazing. Like for me, honestly, that is the hearing that what you just said and uh, and seeing a post like I saw with Josh today and all of that just before we got on this call. Like that's the stuff. That's the stuff that makes me that makes me I don't know just light up. Like you know what that that feels like purpose. You know who knows what happens in the next year, two, three, five, four, five years, but that impact will last. And and to just to have a, to have had a small part of that, it's way more meaningful for me. Then, you know, and again, it's not like the, the people at, at my old job or whatever and them getting to another level isn't meaningful, but I didn't care about the context of that work enough to care about, you know, whether people like I wouldn't want to push people into that work because I didn't love that work. I want people to be pushed into what I do now because I love what I do now. So to see that connection is really, really cool for sure. Yeah. And your passion comes through. I mean, there's no question when you've been on stage with people like Jesse Itzler or when you interviewed David Green, you know, there is an authentic self of you that comes through that you really want to dig underneath the layers. You really want to ask those questions that make people think, and you, you just draw, you're just so comfortable to draw people out to get them to talk about who they are. So, and there's a, and like I said, there's an, an energy about you. So I'm just curious. So what drives you today? Like you have a ton of enthusiasm. There's an energy when you walk in the room. I personally can't wait to meet you in Austin. Like I said, you have energy coming through on a video call like this. I can't imagine what it's going to be like in person. So uh, what sustains that? I think it's simply when you do something that feels right, like leaving your job, despite the I don't know if it's perceived real, whatever risk to that, right? Like, wow, it's a big salary. It's big income equity, the whole thing you're kind of putting down. And then you, you feel good and you start to see the outcomes of your life be what they are. So, you know, my vision back then was to travel three months a year with my family, right? That was one of the parts of my vision. I want to travel three months a year with my family, anywhere we want to go. So to have moved to the Dominican, for instance, for a year and to wake up every day, I'm looking right now outside of, I mean, I live in Michigan most of the year or not most, I've lived in Michigan before. So it's gray and cold right now. So it's blue skies, 83 degrees, beautiful weather outside. And it's like, wow, we did this, but we did this by empowering other people. So it's like, it's this like self-fulfilling circle, right? So it's like, okay, well, what I'm supposed to do, I thought, was go get go do this work to make this money so that one day I could live like the way I want to live, right? I could take that money, retire, live the way I want to live. I was like, well, let me do that now. And that could create some significant financial risk, but it's like, okay, I did it. And then by doing it, there's financial gain. And then from that financial gain, it allows me to have the life I want. And then that life I want inspires other people to go for that kind of back around the circle, right? Like other people want to go for that. So they reach out to me and I'm like, great, let me, let me explain it in whatever fashion I can through a merge or a podcast, whatever. So it's like, I get to talk about like, yeah, you could do this too, right? Inspiring and motivating others to live their best life, my purpose. And then that leads to, you know, further, further ability to, to financially secure myself. And that leads to, I have a clearly defined purpose. I lean into it. And by leaning into it so far, it's been, it's been, it's provided a lifestyle and, and a level of security for my family above and beyond even what my job had. Like, I don't know what the next 20 years are. So if you can't live in that world of what's the next 20 years going to be, then that's, that's, a, that's, that's something that you have to kind of, you know, deal with for yourself. But I mean, not you, but anybody that's listening, but, um, but yeah, it's this, it's this self-fulfilling prophecy or cycle that kind of keeps rolling. So it's, I, I guess it's like, imagine if you, if you love baseball and then one day you realize like, wow, by me playing baseball, people like it. And I actually make money playing baseball. 
So let me keep playing baseball and then I make more money. But you know what I mean? Like, like it's actually working. The people are entertained by it and they, they want to meet me and they want, you know, like it, it's like that, right? That, that's kind of what I get to do. Like, this is my, this is my, I got drafted into the NFL type of thing. It's, it's like, I, I get to be me. Yeah. They say you arrive when your job is your vacation, you know, where you, where, where you get to that point where you, you can't tell the difference between doing something you really want to do and doing something you have to do. The challenge though, and if I'm being completely honest is when you go into, you know, what the news, like, oh my God, the economy, the transition, you know, all these different things that are happening, you know, all that stuff. When you go into that, like you do clench a bit, like, okay, let me figure out how do I make sure I make more money? And so, you know, like there's been at times for me an inclination to like, okay, um, double down on the money-making, like push on the money-making. And it's like, you know what? That's ego because ego wants to have money to keep the story going. Right. But the authenticity of me or the authentic side of me or the self or whatever it is, is saying, actually, if you're true to service, which I believe I am, then this is the time to provide more. So that's where the newsletter was born out of. I do a newsletter every week, right? That's where, where, you know, some of the content I'm putting out, some of the other things that we're working on right now are like, hey, people are, people are scared. People are worried. The worst thing I can do is try to like, like feed into that or dig into that or like tighten up my shoulders and try, I know you're worried, but I got to make money. No, no, you're worried. Let me help you. Let me provide more value. Let me provide more content, whatever it might be, do more podcasting and that kind of, that's how I believe I serve. So that's the, that's the part where, you know, the, the challenges, I guess you could say, but when I stay in that place of let me just be in service with what I do. Yeah. It, it, it feels good. I don't feel worry. I don't feel anxiety. So yeah, it's hard not to want to stay in that place. That's kind of what keeps driving me forward. You talk about the economy and what you think scares other people, right? I, I was listening to you. What scares you? What scares me, honestly, is when I allow, and it happens, when I allow my ambition to make me lose sight of what's truly important. I did a mastermind down here in the DR recently. Uh, and we went through a three-day sort of exercise, and there was a bunch of questions people had to ask themselves, kind of what I what I'd put together, and I went through it with them. I did it as well. And one of the questions I asked myself, or that we asked ourselves, was: "It's uh, flash forward to the end of your life. What do you see, or what do you want to see around you?" And I remember thinking, like, "Well, I just want to see my wife and kids." Crazy, right? I don't want to see my one sheet. I don't want to see my my you know my podcast download counts. I don't want to see any of that stuff. I just want to see my I don't want to see my net worth. I, I just want to see my wife. I want to see my kids. So what scares me is that what what I don't know is what end of life is, right? Like we think ninety or eighty five or old and gray and grandkids and all of that. But what if it's a year from now? What if it's a week from now? What if it's two years, ten years from now? Right? Like when do you align with that? So what scares me is that sometimes my ambition makes me do things in the interest of maybe uh, providing financial security or cushion for my family. So in my mind, protecting and serving them when really all they want is my presence and all I want to be is present for them. So what scares me is, is losing that sense of balance. And I've done it many times and it's not good. It's not good for my relationship. It's not good for my kids. It's not good for me, who I am, a lot of ego in that. So what scares me is more that like losing sight of why I'm even doing what I do or why I'm here or who I'm really here to serve or who I want to be around and, and all of that. So I get a little bit worried about this, this, you know, call it ego ambition, this drive that I have, um, sometimes becoming, you know, like getting in the driver's seat, if you will, of my life and isolating the things that are truly important to me. Did getting light help with some of that? Yes and no, it did for a while. 
Yeah, it did for a while. Like, you know, you get you, you it's like anything, right? Like life is never up and to the right. Like you kind of like you, you know, kind of bounces around as you're going. Um it did, but then you got to remember like getting light gave me validation. Validation still not it's not like I'm done with validation. Validation still means something to me, right? People pleasing and getting people to validate what I do and all of that and yeah, of course that's part of it. You know, like ego is part of me. Like it, it is. So it's just like I said before that sliding scale of like what's in charge right now. Like when I let my ego take over a little much and it's not like it's not like it's obvious or intentional like you logic it like no no actually this makes sense because if I do this it could give us this sort of, you know, financial windfall or lifestyle win or whatever and that's what my family wants but you know like sliding myself that way is you know it's just one of those things that with awareness <laughs> you kind of try to keep in check or try to keep a balance with if you will but no i wouldn't say lightness got me got me sort of to a place where i've solved it but you know for a period of time sure you know it, it gives me it gives me the uh the ability not to feel uh, not to feel stressed out by the job and all that comes with that. But then I just create a different kind of stress for myself because I want to, I want to, you know, prove to myself and everybody else that I left my job. You can too. And then there goes the ego, right? The worst thing I feel like in, from an ego perspective that could happen to me is that, you know, financially we take a major hit and I got to get a job. I mean, imagine that, right? For, for the ego, that's a major hit because now the ego is all about the job, job, job. And now it's like, oh, Hey, I'm over here and I'm on team authentic self. Now ego is saying, right? Because authentic self gets us validation. We're doing even better. Yeah. Let's keep going over here. Right. So it's just like dragging me that way. So, so now if all of a sudden something happened and I had to get a job, ego's like over, whoa, 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 no, we can't do that. We've told all these people, look at your content, go delete your Instagram account. Right. Like, cause you've been saying this for years. So, you know, that stuff is, that stuff is there, I guess. You're but, a scam. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, but you know, yeah, but you know what though, to the point of having to go back to the W2, uh, I remember reading in Tim Ferriss's book, the four hour work week, you know, he said, face your fears. He's like, write down, what are your greatest fears about leaving your job? And when you set all that out, you know, what's the greatest fear about leaving your job? Well, uh, I won't have income or I'll lose money. He's like, well, what's the worst case scenario? You just go back to doing what you did before. If anybody is sitting there on the fence, and I'm sure there's people who have, you know, are looking at Emerge while listening to this podcast and, you know, like going to the website and looking at the cost. And what I would say to that for me personally, because I've spent the money to join Emerge and to join Ascend, it, number one, it accelerates the process, like you said. Uh, number two, the return on the investment it to me personally is far greater than the money that it's cost me. What I would say is that if you're really serious about changing your life trajectory, then, you know, invest in yourself, educated, getting, getting the education for yourself. It's not always free. You could take the free path. It's going to take a lot longer, but if you are, you know, if you really want to surround yourself with the community, it is definitely worth it. You know what I would say the, the the best litmus the best litmus test I have for whether somebody's at a point where you know well I can find things on on YouTube or whatever and for sure I do the same right or um, I'm at a point where I you know what there there's something missing here is like ask yourself are my problems are they are they Googleable like when you get past your problems being Googleable that's when the community part comes in right like I know for me like I want to learn how to how to you know start a YouTube channel or whatever like there's tons of stuff I can five mini courses or whatever, there's a bunch of stuff. But when I'm at a point where it's like, okay, I've got a YouTube channel, as an example, I don't know, but I've got a YouTube channel and I've done all the tactical stuff, but there's something I'm missing and I'm, I'm not, I'm not, there's gotta be other ways. And I see this person, like that's when you, that's when you say, okay, I'm past Googleable. I'm past watching YouTube videos. 
Well, you actually, <laughs> without you even realizing it, <clears throat> excuse me, you just described me because a year prior, I started learning about investment real estate. You get to the point where you'd have all this head knowledge, but until you can actually go and execute it, it doesn't really mean anything at all. And joining a community helps you to be accountable. I think that's a, a, a very uh, important part of being part of a community is that accountability. You know, I, I said I was going to do this thing and I didn't do it. Okay, so how does that look to these other people? To your point, community is where that grows. I can't express enough how much being part of the Emerge Supercharge, I can't express enough how much it has changed my life trajectory. And I am so grateful. And I hope people hear that. So in closing, if you were stranded on a desert island and you could only take one book with you, what would it be? Uh, well, this is funny. Uh, my brain went to like, well, this wouldn't help me much on that island unless I get rescued. But the book that I would, the book, I'd probably, it would probably be like How to Build a Boat or something like that now. But um, if I was stranded at one book, it would be Outwitting, Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. I love that book. I think... Um, I think it is, uh, uh, it's the better version of Think and Grow Rich. Uh, it's a more interesting story. So that's a big one. Although coming up fast is this one. I have it right here on my desk called Ten Easier Than 2X by Dan Sullivan and Benjamin Hardy. Like that book, the first half of it especially, just like, wow, turns on a ton of light bulbs. So yeah, so between those two, but uh, Outwitting the Devil is my go-to right <laughs> okay. now. Okay, right, well, thank you. <laughs> uh, Jamie, the usual closing, where can we find you? <laughs> Yeah, sure. Look, I'm on Instagram at the Jamie Gruber. Uh, Tribe of Millionaires is my podcast. Would love for you to subscribe to that and uh, take a listen. We got some really cool episodes on there. But um, but yeah, at the Jamie Gruber on Instagram, you could DM me there. And yeah, that's me. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks for your time. This was so much fun. I appreciate it. Oh, appreciate you. Thanks, Sue. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast. I value your time with me because I realize you could be listening to someone else right now. If you got any value or think someone else can benefit from what you heard, please spread the word, hit subscribe, and check out my website at www.suesaller.com. Remember, life doesn't get better by chance, it gets better by choice. Take small steps and make today awesome, friends. Have a great day and God bless.